This is player one, Derek Crow. And while I am pretty much the best thing walking this earth, Wrestling Bites podcast is right up there, really close to me, and you're listening to it now. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for the Wrestling Bites Podcast? Your host, on the site, and Chris Young. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Wrestling Bites Podcast. I am your host, as always, on the psych here with you guys. And with me, my co-host with the Mo host, the best damn referee in the business, Chris Young. Um, I'm going to have some separation anxiety, Chris, uh, this month. Why is that? Because I don't know how I can wrestle without you. Aww. How can Thanks. I live without you? Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Alexa, stop. Jeez, I forgot to turn off the music before we went live. <laughs> There's only so much oldies I can take. But anyway, yes, it'll be interesting this upcoming weekend and the next couple of weekends as we will be separated. Well, mm. There's nothing going on this upcoming weekend that I'm going to. I don't have anything scheduled yet. Doesn't mean I won't show up at a wrestling show if there's one close enough. I have to keep this particular weekend, this upcoming weekend open because it is actually my birthday weekend. Oh, Lord. You're not doing another shindig, are you? Do I, no, was I, was I, no. Okay, that was because it was your... your. Uh, yeah, last year was the big 4-0, four zero, so yeah. we went all year. out. We went double or nothing. Literally, yeah. it was, it was a good time. It was a good time. Honestly, uh, I can I can attest, and this is a little bit of a wrestling bites history for you. Uh, that was the day that I proposed uh, that you come aboard and 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 join me at wrestling bites. It yes, was. it was. I said, well, yeah, you know, it only, yeah. It only took six months, but yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a busy man. Okay, Pun the Psych is a very venturable guy. I have my hands behind the scenes of more things than people understand, and. Um, I do a lot of promotions for people and because I've just done it for so long and, and I try to help people get numbers where, where they need them. And I've been working with uh, a couple of different radio stations lately, trying to get some promotions for uh, CPW. And I've been doing some promotions for some other groups and festivals that are going on in the state of Michigan this summer that are working on a budget and uh just kind of needed some help on a low dollar fling so you know they called your boy and i just make magic happen so uh you know i've just been in deep like spread way too thin this month but i've got a lot of it done now so things are kind of getting back to normal so which which is good to be fair um 
my ribs have been banged up since uh, the fledge. So it's been nice to not wrestle for the last couple of weeks, even though, you know, I brought my gear to the show last night. Uh, I'm glad that they didn't actually have me use it. And at one point when I seen how many guys didn't show up there, like I really thought that they may ask me to work. And so I was a little nervous and I'm glad I did it. Uh, I enjoyed doing the commentary with you and uh, GLWA and Coloma was, uh, you know, it was a different experience, I think, you know, than, than a lot of the shows we go to, which is what yeah. we find in most places. Yeah, it was a definitely a, a different environment, and it was a new venture for us to try to do the live stream on Facebook with commentary. We did have a few little technical snafus, but it, you know, it was for the first time. I thought we did great, and we were also yeah. trying to live stream some of the uh, interviews that we did on TikTok. Those came out pretty good. So it's just uh, this is the bar, and we'll continue to set that bar higher every time we do. Yeah, this. And, and you know, I've had people ask me, you know, what was up with. Uh that lighting and you know to be honest with you there's no way i could change the camera settings in a way that was going to not darken uh the view which would have made it harder to see as it was the lighting uh the last show we watched of GLWA it seemed like the lighting was more positioned toward the corners and which made it really bright but like visible very visible and like I even noticed on the hard cam at the last uh, show, which we're going to review was, was really bright. Like it's like they centered them on the guys and these are sweaty white dudes in a ring. Trust me when I tell you there's a sheen and it's, it, it kind of, it kind of blinded it out a little bit, but thank God, you know, uh, even on the stream, me and Chris did a pretty good job of explaining to you what was going on. So you had a general idea, even if you couldn't fully see it, which was kind of nice, but those will only get better as we do them, just like everything we do. So, yeah, that was good. We will, we will never charge for live streams of shows we do. No, okay, no, we no. won't do that <laughs> unless it's directed by the company. Um, we will always thrive on sponsorships, promotions, things like that to fund what we do. And right now, funding what we do comes out of our pockets, and that's just how it is. Um, so I just wanted to iterate that because I've seen some other things, and I just I wanted to kind of put a point on that. Like, I'll, I'll never charge you guys to, to watch a live stream we do unless the company makes us because, you know. Um, but I don't really foresee that being a thing. Right. Live streams through the Wrestling Bites podcast, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube or TikTok, we will never charge access no. for that. But if we were brought in to do commentary for shows that um, use we don't have, outlets, we don't have our, our control. Yeah. Yes. But if you'd like to book me or me and Chris, uh, especially me and Chris, to do commentary, uh, there's info at wrestling, the wrestlingbites.com. I mean, you can. All right, I mean, I enjoyed doing that with you. It was a really fun time. Uh, once we got the mic situation sorted out, it 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 worked, and it it was really fun. And I could see us doing more and more of that. Yes, I would. I would love to do that. Any way I can get involved in professional wrestling, I'd love it. First, my first vote would be for a referee. Second would be commentary. Yeah, you know. Uh, Obviously, first for me is wrestling. Second would probably be uh, 
most seasoned veterans wrestlers, and that would be uh, running a promotion. Um, third would be commentary. <laughs> but, oh, well, okay, all right. Yeah, I was, yeah. If if you want to lay all the cards on the table, if if, if we were fantasy booking here, we'll use that term. No, loosely. no this is yes. not fantasy booking. This is my one, I two, would, three. I would love to have my own promotion, and I would love to be able to run it and 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 book talent. When when I was helping out with SWA doing all that, it, it was a blast. I enjoyed it. It was fun. I'd love to be an agent with with a company, maybe. You know, all that stuff behind the scenes, I would love. But out in front, yeah, I, I, I mean, would love to do the referee or the commentary. It, it seems more of an uh, of, of, of not an if, but a when um, for a promotion. I, I don't I don't see that not happening, I guess is the best way I could put that. Like, I, I don't know if that's putting a cat out of a bag, but like I it's more of it's more of not an if it's more of a, a when. You know, it took six months for the podcast. It's going to, you know, Rome's not built in a day. It takes a lot of conversating between two people with ideas to to make a to make it go. And, uh, you know, it definitely was. The pyramids weren't built by one person. And uh, teamwork makes the dream work. So. Um, oh, my you know, God. Did you read that on some inspirational quote poster somewhere? Yeah, it's on my wall. Anyways. uh it's true hey it's true though it's true though um at the at the end of the day like yeah i feel like it's more of a a not an if but a when i mean at least on my behalf i don't know if you're sleeping on it but like for me it's more of a it's more of a when like obviously right now i'm i'm focused on my last run in wrestling and and most people that i know know this but at some point like I'm going to be hitting the end of that road. And that's not, that's not going to be next month or nothing guys. It's I've got a ways to go in my run, but when that's done uh, and it gets closer every day, uh, I start thinking more and more towards uh, what, what to do after this. Um, do I want to book as a referee? Uh, I would probably have that option, but again, I'm six foot one, 270 pounds. I don't really feel like a guy that's six foot tall and 270 pounds fits the role of a referee very well. It's not very complimenting to guys that are five, six and 120 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, to me, like commentating, you know, um, managing, doing something like that, even, um, would be something I, I I may be interested in doing when when wrestling's done, but that's number one until until I I, I give up on it. You know I I can't even act like it's not. So, anyways, uh, with that being said, yeah, we were in uh, Coloma as we said for GLWA, and you know, um, to be honest with you, like the 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 organization itself was very. Well, welcoming to us and um, we're, we're very open and kind of giving us the liberty to kind of travel around wherever we wanted and we were able to talk to whoever we wanted and I really liked the uh, freedoms that we were given there um, that kind of let us just do whatever we wanted and um, I thought that was significant. Um, we got a lot of support uh, at BCWA when we went down there, um, Bill Blackwell was very welcoming to us when we came down there as well. Um, I, I think 
the difference was is like at, at BCWA uh, we're 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 kind of in foreign lands, and it's it's weird for us to get acclimated in Detroit because we both came in the business uh, at that time where there was the East and West thing in Michigan. You were aware of it, I'm sure. Like there was even a North South thing, but you guys actually really didn't have much of an issue there, but there was other companies that didn't like to book guys from the far South. So <laughs> with that being said, like GLWA, very opening place. Um, I've been and represented this podcast at other companies where I was not given uh, liberties like that. Um, I don't know when, when you went to, uh, where did you go without me? Oh, IPW. Did you go walk around in the back and talk to guys or do anything like that there? No, I, I didn't. And, and, you know, I, I didn't publicize that I was going to be there ahead of time. So, yeah. you know, I, I tried, there was, you know, but I, 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 did it. I get it. They were just really busy and it was a really big show. And, um, I just kind of sat back and watched, uh, majorly as a fan at that point. So, um, I, I, but you know, and, and I bought my ticket to that show, um, you know, and, and went and sat as a fan. So at that point I just felt like, well, um, you know, they're really busy. Things are really hectic. I, I did lay the foundations for a lot of the early interviews we did on the podcast, uh, at that show with like solo and things like that. So it was, it was still beneficial. Like I still, I still got work done for the podcast, but I got to enjoy that show as a fan as well. Yeah, I enjoyed the IPW show that I was at too. And yeah, GLWA was a, a fantastic um, place where people were very welcoming. And I uh, was super uh, busy. So there were several people that I wanted to get a chance to talk to on for the podcast but i just didn't get a chance to so don't think we weren't looking for you or, or if we didn't get a chance to talk to you don't think that uh we were ducking you because that was definitely not the case we were all super busy and all of, our, all of our interviews surprise surprise ran long yeah and i've got a short list of the guys that uh we didn't get a chance to talk to that i, that I, I was making well they there was none of them there Kenzie Black was wasn't a, there. Well, I, but just because Kenzie wasn't there doesn't mean there weren't other people that we could talk to, like the referee. I believe her name is Alicia. I don't know. I called her the beautiful girl that got attacked. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was holding her own there. We'll get. Yeah, into she that, was. But. but she, she, yeah, she got attacked. But, um, yeah, I think it was like pretty much. Uh, you know, Josh Morris was one that we wanted to get an interview with that we did. That I think he showed up late, and um. Solomon Stone was another one. I, I believe he he wasn't there too late, or we just missed him. And uh, another guy I wanted to talk to, or at least try to get on at some point, was downtown Floyd. I liked. I, I thought he was pretty interesting. I hadn't really seen him except Felix. on GLWA. Downtown Felix. There you go. Did I say Floyd? Yeah. Uh, oh, good lord. Sorry. I'm horrible with names, guys. Horrible with names till I get used to them. That's all, right. but, That's all right. Nobody will hold yeah, it against you. It was definitely a short list of guys that I wanted to talk to. Everybody, like again, though, everybody was pretty welcoming. Um, I had some good conversations with other people that we didn't even get interviews with. So, yeah, yeah. So, where do you want to start on this journey today? 
Well, I would say let's start like we always start. What do we got results uh, from the local indies over the weekend? Well, to be honest with you, um, we don't have any results. XCIW held a show and we didn't get any results sent in. IPW held a show and they didn't send us any results. Um, there's a couple I'm trying to think. We went to GLWA, we obviously have those results, <laughs> yeah. And, and on Friday, um, there was an event. Gosh, I've set my list down, I don't remember who it was, but we didn't get a, those. That's uh, so we don't have results for that one either. So, okay, Grizzly Pro is going on right now. Actually, uh, whoa, on Facebook, just updated. Um, they were crowning a their first ever heavyweight champion. It was a match between Ace Evans and Gutter. And Ace Evans posted that he is 10 pounds heavier now as the first Grizzly Pro Wrestling heavyweight champion. So congratulations to the big bad wolf, Ace Evans. I bought his t-shirt. Yes, we know. Yeah. <laughs> hey yeah no he he deserves it he's he's a good person in the business and anything i touch turns to gold man they anybody who's done an interview won a championship shortly after um it got it did the data got corrupted when they converted it from uh sometime it's ever happened to from a zoom call and uh but i had the nomads on uh the show like a couple a few weeks ago and uh it got messed up so uh we i gotta get them back on but yeah, anytime you come on this the spot like Brutus Atwell, uh Solo, I could keep I uh you know Danny Astro is on the show and he's had several title opportunities. Adam Wick, like it the, it goes on and on and on and on and on. It's it's kind of funny. Everything we touch turns to gold. Guys should be jumping at the bit to get on this show. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. That's so, true. oh, CCW had their event on Friday, their one-year anniversary. Who could forget? Did they post results? They did not. Ah, so we have GLWA results. That's it. All right. Well, I guess we'll do the GLWA results, and then we'll get right into uh, GLWA again because they'll be first on our list for our independent local reviews for the night. And then after that, ladies and gentlemen, we will have a bunch of interviews from backstage at glwa yes yeah and um we're gonna read the results from glwa collision and maybe break it down just a little bit only because we don't believe that this event gets posted anywhere so it's not like there's spoilers so if you didn't attend you don't know what happened and it does kind of affect storylines a little bit yeah and if you watch uh glwa's thursday night vendetta or or even didn't it nothing on vendetta as you'll find out when we review it affected that so we'll do the review after this because there's no there's nothing that's going to give away what we're going to review so that's kind of cool that's correct yeah so onward with the show with the glwa uh results and i'm pretty sure you have those results i should know most of them but i yeah I have the results, yeah, and we can let's just we can talk about our experience there. You know, we talked a little bit of behind the scenes, but the actual event itself, it, it's quite amazing. We had the same experience when we went to AWE, the venue that uh, GLWA um, holds their events at Top Notch Top Notch Fitness. It looks way different in person than on the YouTube show. It's amazing. 
It looked way different than it did on our video. I mean, if you were there, if more people need to get there live, to be honest with you, um, because the live experience there is is very intimate but amazing. Um, I like the experience live. Uh, the the look, the lights. They have a video screen with little animations and uh, logos for the wrestlers. They do a lot for the wrestlers there. I can definitely say that. They do as much as they can to kind of give them a little flavor. And, uh, you know, those added little touches and the lights and the curtain on the side, like these are all like just little subtleties that makes this show unique compared to other shows we watch. They have a good, very good sound system. Their ring announcer was very, very good, very passionate. Yes, they have a great setup for wrestling. I, I would say stage setup wise for their vendetta show. Uh, Cause I was in the crowd for a couple of those matches. We did a lot of interviews at that time though. Um, I can tell you that the vendetta show tapings were, they were, all, they were, they were very cool. I liked the way that it was set up. Um, I like how they do their taping set up that way. Uh, it's always before the show and it's kind of like a closed set. There's there's some crowd members, but um, at, at the most part, I I thought it was an interesting setup. I just like how they do so much to give exposure to these wrestlers. Yeah, and there was concessions available as well for the people that attended. Amazing so overall, concessions, amazing concessions too. Yeah, yeah, they had a little bit of everything, whether it was snack food or. You know, they had vegetables. It was just a wide variety of everything. So they have a lot of great stuff happening at GLWA. If you get an opportunity, you need to go out and see them. Yeah, it's a definite uh, family, enjoyable experience uh, as far as wrestling goes. I, I couldn't say that you couldn't take your kids to that show and not have a good time. Watch yeah, there them, was just one little incident with one wrestler that wasn't family friendly, but ultimately it was an adult joke. It would have went over the kids' heads. Yep. And the few kids that were in attendance, I think it did go over their heads. So <laughs> all in all, yep. um I thought it was a pretty good live experience. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And just as a reminder, you know, we live streamed it. So if you want to visit the Facebook page, it's, you can catch yeah. the videos there. Yeah, if you want all the uh, in-depth, you can watch it. (laughs) So uh, we started the show with the general manager, B.E. Stone, talking about pride and how he challenged all of the wrestlers in the back to um, do their best and have pride in what they do. And that's what he wanted to see happen tonight as we... um, battled forward in naming a new champion so he kind of set the tone for what we were expecting yeah uh, i like that he that he set a theme to the show i thought that was uh, a nice touch for sure yes yep and then we get the first match of the night it's a number one contenders match as cream street mafia is taking on the den yeah yeah um and the den was bojack and caesar asher which to my surprise uh i've had a little interaction with caesar and uh he's definitely a tough opponent 
and I thought this would be a pretty good match. Um, in which it was. Uh, unfortunately, Caesar got worked hard in this match. Um, they kept him in the ring for the majority of the fight, and uh, his back took the toll on it. And at the end of the day, um, it it kind of it kind of it kind of ceased uh, the momentum of of the den. And Cream Street uh, does what they do best by any means necessary. Yeah, Cream Street does get the victory. And like you mentioned, they pretty much did isolate Caesar and he wasn't able to battle out. Eh, there was a little bit of cheating involved too, but you know, that's the way it works. Yeah, it's, with it's Cream Street Cream. Mafia. Yeah, it's Cream Street Mafia. You got, you got to expect that with those guys. Um, I thought this was a decent opening match. And I like the story of isolation of Caesar. Um, they they definitely took the lesser of two evils because Bojack was a lot bigger of a guy than Caesar, and Caesar's not a tiny feller. Um, and they used that to their advantage. So uh, Cream Street showing that they have uh, some wits with them and did the smart play here, um, and I think it worked out pretty well. They after the match they grabbed chairs. I thought they were gonna go back after those guys, but they just pretty much said that they were going to win the tag team championships and walked away with the chairs. Yeah. Which was weird. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. I think maybe they, maybe they didn't have, have uh, maybe they didn't have seats in the locker room and they, let's grab these well, chairs from well, no, it, it, yeah. At the time it seemed weird, but when we get to later in the show, it makes perfect sense. Yes, it does. So, yeah, it was a good match. Yes. Yep. And then we moved on to uh, Jeremiah Hughes taking on Bill Blackwell. And we mentioned before how Bill Blackwell is the smartest person in professional wrestling, we think. Yeah, because he didn't take the dives. And a lot of times, like, he sees somebody doing something crazy and he gets the hell out of there. He's one of the smartest men in wrestling. Yeah. I think that uh, and Hughes was the guy, the guy from Chicago, right? Well, there were several people from Chicago, but Chicago. the one in the green singlet that made his debut. No, no, okay, no. Jeremiah Hughes was my computer. Oh, no, I remember. Yeah, I I remember who he was. I got it. Yeah, this uh. This was one of those matches where it was uh, the big man and uh, somebody having to overcome the big man because, you know, that's just the way that Bill Blackwell rolls because he is a monster. Yeah, this was the, they, there was a, a little bit of a story about speed versus power. Um, you know, uh, Jeremiah was trying to use a little bit of speed to get. Bill Blackwell off of his feet, and then, um, yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Um, they kind of battled back and forth for for a while, and then Jeremiah does uh, take a little bit of control and does get the victory. Yep, it was a uh, from behind victory in my opinion, um, but nonetheless, this was a pretty entertaining match. I, I didn't think this match was horrible um, by any means. There was a couple of miscues, but for the most part, uh, I think it went pretty well. 
Yeah, yeah, it was surprising. So yeah, I didn't then, know how these guys were going to line up. To be honest, I really yeah. didn't know how those guys were going to shape out, but they they did all right. Yeah. Yep. And then old school cool Darian, or, yeah, Darian Gray comes out, and he is, is supposed Damian to be Gray? take Damian Gray. You're right. <laughs> there's there's Dar- there's 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 uh, Jarius Gray is who I I keep. There's Jarius Gray, Jimmy Gray, Darian Ultra. Yep, and uh, then we have, and then we have old school cool Mister Gray. How about that? I feel so bad because I even asked for a spelling of his name. So, <laughs> yeah, he is uh, supposed to be taking on. Um, now you've lo- now I've lost my train of thought. Jimmy Gray oh, was supposed oh, to be taking on the top notch champion. Yes. The top-notch champion is not there. He's ducking Damian Gray. So B. Stone came out, and at that point, B. Stone told him, no matter what, tonight I'm going to put you in a match, but it's going to be in the number one contendership because Kenzie Black's not here. No matter what happens in this match, you have your spot for that title match. But if anybody else wins in this match, they will be added to the championship match next month. Yes. Uh, and the top notch champion is Savage. Yep. Timothy Savage. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know. It just goes by Savage from what I see. Okay. I guess Timothy Savage. But um, yeah, so he's not there. So they, they put him in this in this four way with Jaden Quick and JD Kelly Stone yep. and DW Kelly. D.W. Kelly, yeah. B.D. Kelly? D.W. D.W. Like, Kelly, okay. Like Darkwing Duck. Okay. I, there's so many names that have the double letter. And was uh, and that was the four of them. So um, this match was crazy and hard to keep track of. Uh, they Somebody got thrown into the second row. Uh D.W. Kelly was kind of chilling on the outside, working over people. Um, it was quite chaotic and, and kind of hard to keep up with. But at the end of this one, Damian Gray ended up getting the victory. Yeah, they there was kind of two battles going on. Um, Solomon was outside with Jaden most of the time, and then um, Gray and D.W. were wrestling, and then they kind of flip-flopped. Then Gray yep. and DW ended up outside, and Solomon and Jaden worked in the ring. And I, I, they never really specified what the rules were of this match. No. So we just kind of took under the assumption that it was essentially no disqualification, no count outs. It was just first pin, first first pin or yeah. submission. Yeah. And um, they did a pretty good job, I think. There was a, a lot of entertainment. We weren't, I don't think we were prepared for quite as crazy battle is what we got um but overall i think everybody held their own i was really impressed with the look of dw kelly um yeah i I was surprised when he walked out he he looks like a winner um kind of a jerk but (laughs) i mean his persona is i should say you know i never met the person so (laughs) i'd be like damn chris you don't even know this cat kind of a dick damn you know but that made me like him even more because it was instant heel heat. So, you know, 
Okay, now that you clarified that, he might not mind you either. But up until then, it's questionable. <laughs> yeah, but and, and you know, we didn't think uh, we didn't we didn't think that Damian Gray was going to get the victory, but he did, and it, and it was kind of a little bit of a surprise. So, yeah, um, the only comedic criticism I'm going to give is uh, Jaden Quick. When's your baby due, bro? Stop! Holy shit! Come on! Because he said that. Well, no, because like I just I didn't see it because he sat down with us, and I'm like, wait, what? No, come on! If I if I rib on Jimmy Shaw, and I got to rib on other people too, okay? Stop! (sighs) All right, so moving on. Uh, Now we get to see your favorite person in GLWA. Player one, Derek Crow taking on downtown Felix. Yep, I definitely am a fan of Derek Crow's. I I think that his matches tell very good stories, and he does a very good job. Yeah, and um, downtown Felix actually made his debut in GLWA on the Vendetta two days prior to this, so this was actually his second match in GLWA. Yeah, and he actually did a really good job. I was quite impressed by downtown Felix. Um, he had a great match with player one. And I really thought that uh, Derek Crow was going to pull this match off, but it didn't happen. It backfired on him. Yeah. Um, Felix, even though he's a little bit of a, a taller and a little bit more bigger wrestler, he, uh, he was trying to be a little bit faster and trying to be a little bit more quick and, um, every time he would get a little bit of an advantage, um, Derek Crow would slow him down and just yep. wear on him. But uh, eventually, uh, Crow gets a little frustrated, and Felix does get the victory. So this was a, a decent match. Yeah, the last couple of matches that Crow has had, he's lost, and it's been because he's let the emotions get the best of him. He has to learn to put those emotions to the side and get through those 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 moments where you where you can have your emotions get the best of you. It's happened to me in in matches and and Chris I'm sure in your career it's happened to you where you get involved in quicksand moments where one thing goes wrong and another thing goes wrong and next thing you know you're buried over your head. You can't breathe cuz you're stuck in quicksand. You know, it, that it it happens and we kind of watched it happen to Derek Crow to, uh last night. Yeah. Yep. It happens it, in wrestling. It does. It does. We'll see how he handles this um, in the future for GLWA. And now we're getting to a match where two people are making their debut for GLWA. Um, I will apologize ahead of time because I don't have um, the correct name for one of the competitors. And uh, But it's Russell TD taking on Tim... I don't know what if he goes by his real name, so I will not use his real name, but I know Tim is what he was announced as, so we'll leave it at that. And this match was um, disappointing, I guess. Uh, this was a classic situation of a wrestler that has some experience wrestling, a wrestler who has limited experience. And it felt like neither one of them knew how to react when things started going bad. Uh, 
I, I don't like to be too critical on indie matches, but you know, guys on this one, um, as much as I hate to say it, uh, Russell TD, um, came off very, very green, but he's very, very young. This may have been his first call out from his home gym. I'm not sure of the situation, so I can't make a basis of assumption or, or say that, that this is just, you know, you don't know the ins and outs of the situation, but from what it looked like in the crowd, it looked like a situation where you had a somewhat seasoned guy and a guy who wasn't seasoned at all in a match that maybe had a, a, a layout that started to fall apart and they didn't know how to react. Like neither one of them could call at that point because I think they were too frazzled uh, by the situation and got like deary in the headlights. Us. So everything at that point came off very flat and blocky because when you can't naturally react in a wrestling ring, it comes off very blocky. You know this as well as I do. If you can't call on the fly, your match will come off blocky. I you know think, I... yeah, yeah, no, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. And I think um, they had a good story. I think they were telling it well. There was good psychology in the match, which is all great. But the one thing that this was match this lack was this match was lacking is unfortunately that experience like you've yeah. been talking about. And it showed, I mean, and when we're talking, we're seeing this through our eyes. So somebody who isn't too familiar with wrestling, maybe it, they didn't see it like we saw, but, um, it, it you could was, tell, yeah, you could tell us, you could tell that it had a story. You could yeah. tell that it was laid out that somebody like it was aging it out, but this is it. And, and again, this is really, I'm not trying to be hard. So like if, Anybody who was involved in this situation hears this and, and you think I'm being too hard, please reach out and let me know because I'll definitely apologize to you because that's not what I'm trying to do. But um, this is the problem when you 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 have you you have agents because they're going to suggest you do things in the match a certain way. And when you have a guy that maybe doesn't have a lot of experience, may not really be able to grip all of that and you kind of have to make a more simplistic match. Um, it, but the, but I, I feel like that wasn't the case here. I feel like it had a story and it was laid out. I feel more of like, it was what I said, the beginning of it was more uh, like it got laid out and things started unraveling on the fly and they couldn't react. Yeah. And, and Russell's a pretty good talker. He was interacting with the fans yeah. And, you know, he, he, he can work relatively well. He takes good bumps and, and, and so does, does Tim. So it's, it's just one of those things where, again, what we're talking about is experience. So, you know, I give him, I give him all the props in the world for going out there and, and, and working a match and just getting a little bit more time in that ring. So, and I'd be curious to know um, how much time they actually spent uh, in the ring before the doors open. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, these are, these are again, things I, I'm not real sure about. Um, but I mean, with, with all that said, um, 
Russell does get Tim to tap out because he was working on the leg and ankle the entire time for the, for the match. And eventually, like I suggested on commentary, Tim should just give up and hope that nothing was broken. And that's what, what he did. Um, just just he, I, I think he tapped out more for the fact that um, he didn't want any more of an injury and he just wanted to just get out of there before he suffered a, a major career ending injury. Yeah, it could very well be. Um, yeah. Uh, again, like I said, it, it's not to be too critical. It's just kind of what I felt about that particular match, but you know, you can't always, you can't always, you can't uh, always get what you want. If you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need. Well, I, I don't know about all that, but moving on, uh, Twist and Flip, the tag team champions, come out, and they issue an open challenge to anybody in the back. And just for a quick second, I thought about running in, but I didn't. Uh, yeah, I know. You know. You know what I think could beat these guys in a tag team match? You don't uh, want to answer this. I know you don't want to answer this. An open-ended question, and I don't answer open-ended questions. Asked, box answered. Of, a box of Lunchables. <laughs> some handy snacks and some gushers. Yep. That's not nice. Oh, wait. Is that the lunch bell I hear? I, I know, right? Go. I know. Right, Jones? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So uh, issued an open challenge. <laughs> let, them know, let our listeners know what happened. Well, that at that point, uh, the Dunn came out to answer said challenge. And as they were trying to answer said challenge, out came the Cream Street Mafia. And at that point, B. Stone made it a three-way tag match. Elimination tag match. And uh, this match started. What, are, did you run away? Are you pooping? No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm oh, sorry. Oh. You freak me out when you get all quiet, Chris. Anyways, um, at that point, it was a, a three-way tag elimination match, which started out really well. Um, you know, uh, there was a lot of, uh, tags, uh, done by cream street. There was some isolation done again, um, tried to work on Caesar again. And, um, at a certain point, uh, all hell broke loose in this match and it ended up resulting in one of the members of twist and flip in the ring and, one uh caesar getting his uh getting his move on getting something i forget what he hit but he hit a, a big move on one of the members of twist and flip and got the pin and at that point that's when all hell really broke loose because cream street went nuts and attacked everybody with chairs and there was just an all-out brawl at that point and they could not stop it they could not separate it and it was just insanity Don't you think, Jones? 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 Oh, my God, ladies and gentlemen, I've lost Jones. 
So yes, this was a, a chaotic brawl that ended up to the point where uh, B stone had to basically state that this match is not going to continue and that he is vacating the GLWA tag team championships. It was an all out brawl. Are, are you back crazy. now, Jones? Yes. Sorry. It was, it was crazy. And, um, they just wouldn't stop. It was unbelievable. It got to the po- I always liked that idea of reality in wrestling. And it was that point to where I literally said, somebody needs to call 911 because I think that's what it's going to take. And I think that's what they were setting up when they took the chairs from underneath the ring because they knew that um, Twist and Flip were going to do that open challenge. And they knew that if they didn't get their way, that they were just going to go out ballistic and wanted to make sure that there were no weapons at ringside that people could use against them. It was a smart tactic, and it actually uh, set up for that at a later point, which was great. Um, you know, the Cream Street Mafia, definitely um, one of those teams that are at the title hunt and are definitely, like, any means necessary, we're going to get our belts back. And uh, the harder they fight, the more opposition they run into, it seems. And um, that tells its own story. So um, I think what they're doing is all right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we go from here. What mm-hmm. happens to Cream Street Mafia if they're even going to be allowed back in GLWA? Well, they're suspended. So, so. I, I know they're suspended, but I mean, if I was BE Stone, I wouldn't, I wouldn't allow them back at all. I, I would yeah. say that they're done. The way that they've been acting, they're yeah. done. Yeah. Well, that's a call for B Stone and the upper management of DL, GLWA to decide. Yeah. But that yeah. takes us to our main event. And you want to know what, Chris? Do you know what? Don't do it. Josh Morris is in here. Josh Morris is in here. Josh <laughs> Morris is in here. Josh Morris is in here. I got to talk oh, to QBZ no. Dobson and uh <laughs> You, you, if you watch the live stream, you'll see the interaction. He loves me. He loves me. It's because he's a salesman. He's QVC Dobson. Well, I mean, all I can say is Josh Morris is in here. Josh Morris is in here. That's Josh Morris thing. wasn't here. Oh, that was the thing because Isaiah Moore comes out and um, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a challenger because Dollar is not here that's who he re- it was originally supposed to face um why dollar is not here we don't know uh, you know the question if dollar said, exists does dollar really person. exist no he's not a real person I and, think so. and so he issues an open challenge for anybody who wants to take him on and yeah that's when Dowson comes out and says josh morris is in here but we don't actually see josh he doesn't actually come out for a little bit and then all of a sudden, from from behind in the crowd, Josh appears and jumps Isaiah. All of a sudden, Josh Morris isn't here. Yep. 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 And these guys have a great match. They really do. Yeah, this was, this was the match of the night. The main event was definitely the match of the night. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was, it was a, a relatively fast-paced match. Um each guy was was battling back and forth. Um, Josh was 
trying to do everything he could to get Isaiah off balance. It wasn't really working. Um, yeah. He does take control for a little bit, but um, ultimately it was uh, yeah. Isaiah was too much for Josh, I believe. You're right. This, this match basically told the story of can Josh Morris overcome the offense and defense of the champion and put in what it takes to get the gold. And last night in the main event, despite a valiant effort by, by Josh Morris, uh, he came up short. Um, the champ is still the champ for a reason. Nothing against Josh Morris. He's a phenomenal talent, up, upcoming star. But Isaiah Moore is a star, and he's there. He's already on that level. And until Josh Morris can get to that level, you're going to see him fight to get to that point, but to come up short. Do I think Josh Morris is ready for that belt yet? No, but I don't think it'll be very long before he is. He keeps up the work he's doing. He's, he's a phenomenal rising star. Yeah. Getting, getting these opportunities or learning lessons for a guy like Josh Morris. He's a pretty smart guy, and I'm pretty sure he'll take this opportunity as a learning lesson, and the next time he has a match with Isaiah Moore, it's going to be a different match altogether. Yeah, because he'll he'll learn from the mistakes that he made. That's the great thing about being an upcoming talent that's a star because he guarantee you he already knows the mistakes that were made in that match that cost him that match. And he won't blame Isaiah Moore for that. He'll blame himself. Yeah. Yep. You're right on that. Yep. I think he's he he's learned everything that he needs to do to be successful now. So when he gets that rematch or takes him on again, he is probably gonna be victorious. He wasn't saucy enough last night. No. Unfortunately, the waitress didn't come back with the extra sauce. Or coffee or anything else. Yeah, that was terrible service we got. Yeah, we can we're we're done with this this GLWA now. Uh I'm gonna talk about that real quick. Yeah, we oh, went wait, to no, Denny's after the oh, no. <laughs> we Let's went put to a De- the show at least. Jeez, you just like we cut it off. Well, we're sure, done. All right, all right, all right, all right. Fair enough. Overall, GLWA was a, was a was a fun experience, and I enjoyed talking to everybody. I enjoyed doing the live stream and the commentary with you. I enjoyed the main event. I enjoyed a lot of the matches, and and I thought it was a good time. Um, I look forward to possibly having an opportunity to showcase my talents at GLWA in the future. It sounds like I'll have that opportunity in the future as well. So you know. Maybe people should get familiar with Coloma if you are in West Michigan and would like to see Pond the Psych wrestle. There's a pretty good opportunity in the future checking that out in Coloma. So, yeah, the, if, if you live in Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, South Bend, South, uh, yeah, I said South but, Bend, South Haven, if, <laughs> find your way to Coloma. Their next event is the 12th. They're having a hardcore event where they're going to be doing a hardcore tournament. And then I believe the, the next major event. I yeah, thought it was the 18th. Uh, did I say the twelfth? The eighteenth. Sorry. Tuesday, yeah. Eighteenth. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, find your way there because you will not be disappointed. They put on a great show. If you're in Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo on the eighteenth, and you'd like to see your boy upon the psych, you need to head over to the Fledge in Lansing, Michigan, for a three o'clock bell time for the Great Lakes Wrestling Showcase tapings. Where I will be there. I'll be there early though. And if you're on the uh, east side of the state, I will be at BCWA. I will be at BCWA on the 18th for a bell time for the VIPs at 5 o'clock and a regular bell time scheduled for 6 p.m. 
Um, it's a very personal day for me uh, as far as wrestling goes. And Chris is probably like, what? <laughs> um, the, the 18th is, is a special day for me because back in Michigan, I, I haven't really dedicated anything to my dad, but um, you know, my dad passed away uh, like five years ago now. And so the fifth year of him being gone, his birthday was June 14th and he would have loved nothing more than for a birthday present to go see me wrestle in a ring. So um, I know he'll be with me for both of those shows. So um, if you haven't seen me wrestle, I, I guarantee you that both matches that day will be straight bangers coming from your boy pun the psych. Cause I got something to prove. So yeah. With that being said, like, I don't know. I wanted I wanted to let people know that because like I, I'm definitely dedicating both matches to my to my old man. He always supported me wrestling, so um I have to. No, it makes sense. I get it. I understand. Mm-hmm. So you know, I was I was fortunate enough to have my father at some of my matches. So in fact I was just watching a video the other day and it brought a little bit of a tear into my eye. So yeah. good luck with that and I hope the best for you. Should be fun for you. Yeah, it's going to be a fun experience for me. But uh, yeah, overall, GLWA, check them out. Um, you can follow them on Facebook as well. Um, Facebook.com slash GLWA49038. But that was Collision. Let's move on to the Denny's part of this story. Yeah. So after the show, we we're trying to find somewhere to eat. And, you know, as ever since COVID, like at least in Detroit, we found places that were open, but not here, not in West Michigan. God forbid it was a restaurant open on a Saturday night, except Denny's. After 11 o'clock. We couldn't yeah, get the B-dubs. We couldn't get anywhere. So we go to the 24-hour Denny's, the one 24-hour Denny's in Grand Rapids. And, you know, like, uh, it was a really bad experience. I ordered the nachos like I order every time I go to a restaurant. <laughs> um, I love nachos, and it's always the best bang for your buck. And I promise you, if you're eating on a budget in a restaurant, if you order the nachos... <laughs> Like you add like a Twin Peaks, dude. I got a giant nacho and it was the smallest. It was the smallest price meal out of anybody's food that night. <laughs> Cost like 10 bucks or something. 10, 10, 11 bucks for the whole night. Like, dude. And I ate that shit the next day, too. Um, the thing is, is so I've been to Denny's before. I know how big the nacho is, right? She tells me they don't have nachos. They 86 them. And she's got to go check to see if they have nachos. And I'm like. I look at I look at Chris and he's like, it's just chips. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm aware of this. I'm pretty sure the cooking staff is as well. She comes back and tells me that they have the stuff to make the nachos. And she brings me out this like soup bowl plate with like this clump of nachos and some stuff on it. And I look at Chris and I go, huh? That's a really small plate of nachos. So as we're sitting there, there's a, there's this family that's sitting across from us Daddy. with a 12 and a 14 year old girl calling a mummy and daddy 
And it was the most annoying shit I have experienced in a restaurant in about eight years. Okay. Then on top she of said, all of this, she said, she said Daddy, I they, counted 20 times in two minutes. Daddy. We we were go, we were like, say daddy one more time and we're gonna die. And like two seconds later, it's daddy. We're like, <laughs> oh my god. So Daddy, they did the mommy, the mommy of this group orders a, fu- a plate of nachos. And the plate of nachos they bring this lady is like three times the size of my plate. The waitress <laughs> literally brought us coffee like once. We sat in this restaurant for like an hour waiting for coffee that never came. Then we go to pay and they never bring us a check. We stand at the register long enough that like if if Chris was if if I if Chris wasn't as modest as I am, I'd have left. I'd be like, all right, five minutes went by. They obviously don't want my money. I'm going home. But Chris stood there and waited patiently. I don't know how he does it sometimes because I just want to kill people. This is why I take Chris with me places in public because I don't strangle people and I get to go smoke a cigarette. I went outside and smoked an entire 100 cigarette, dude. It takes me like 10 minutes to smoke a cigarette because I'm not one of them guys that just chiefs it down. I take my time, you know, like I do with everything. And it took me like 10 minutes to smoke the cigarette. And I just look in there and Chris is still just standing there. And I'm just like, you know, I'm not, I'm going to tip her. I'm going to tip in this lady a dollar. So I go back in and she charges me $12 for my little bowl of nachos and coffee. And I don't complain about the price. I don't argue because I'm not that guy. I'm not going to complain. I don't want nachos with, with spit in them next. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I just pay my bill and yeah. (laughs) Anyways, I pay my bill and I go to tip and it gives me the option to pick percentages or enter amount. And I go through and enter the amount and I entered 99 cents and the waitress can see it on the, on the computer that I tipped her 99 cents. And she looked at me and said, I'm sorry. I was busy doing takeout orders and making milkshakes for the other tables. And I looked at her and said, well, the number one goal of customer service is service the customer. And I had like a cup of coffee and yeah so i don't pay for crappy service i I tipped her a dollar 99 cents i'm sorry you don't deserve a tip waitresses make money by giving people service i've had phenomenal waitresses and i've tipped them out very well in that circumstance no no not when i got robbed on nachos I'm a fat kid, dude. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't cut my portions on nachos, damn it. Oh yeah. Okay. Now that'll you know, forever I'll, be the one that got away, Chris. Okay. I'm pissed. People are pissed. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I get it. We're at Denny's at eleven o'clock at night. Okay. I get it on a Saturday. Okay. But they had five uh, wait staff working. Five of them. They were there was only prepared. like eight people in the restaurant. So why the hell did we not get service? Okay. Prepared. And you know, the way that they do seating, it's not in areas. It's the next person on the rotation gets that. So they're running around everywhere. I get that. And I'm very lenient when it comes to that stuff, but you know, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just, I, you know, I think, I think what hurt us is that there was two of us and we were the smallest table 
the, all the other tables had parties of four or five or six or you know that daddy family had i think six people so i get it you know whatever but then the weird thing was like she brought our check over to us and said something about i split it because we can't split it at the register and i was like oh yeah no problem whatever and then she walked away with the t with the receipts like she never dropped them off and i'm like yeah. you literally had them in your hand why didn't you give them to us and then yeah then the clock started because it was about i'd say a good 35 40 minutes from that point when we were ready to go to yeah. when we actually left uh -huh. and i'd say 15 minutes of it was actually standing at the register waiting for them to come yeah. back and actually and then, check us and then and, and, and some motherfucker siphons your gasoline out of the parking lot okay that's where it's the worst experience that i've had at a restaurant in like eight years not only did we get raped on food you got raped out of your gas tank okay yeah, somebody siphoned my gas so one of those yes. food order people siphoned your gas i promise you that one of the oh, yeah, eats are people there was about seven DoorDash, you know, Uber Eats people just hanging outside in the car. Yeah. And like, so somebody siphoned my gas. Well, yep. well, we know somebody siphoned my gas. We, I don't know who it was. Well, you because, don't go from, from having gas, pulling into Denny's to having your gas light on and be on dead fucking E. We didn't even barely had enough gas to get to the gas station across the street. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I'm bringing yeah. it up, Chris, because it was miffed up. All right, I'm just gonna say it. It like it was. that was just like wow. I can like gas is that bad now. Yeah, that we I actually have to. I have to go buy a gas lock now. Where was Derek Wolf? That son of a bitch. <laughs> he saw my truck and he went for it. Was it the wasn't the tournament in Grand Rapids that night? It was. Yeah, IPW. That son of a Rapids. bitch. This is not over, Derek. This is not over. <laughs> oh yeah. No, but to, but but to be honest with you, you know, I I I have a lot of patience when it comes to stuff. You like know that. what? I do. I do um, wait, hold on, hold on. When it comes to wait staff, because I do believe that you know, hey, they go through a lot, and I, I could order, I could cook and, and stuff at home, but I choose not to. But honestly, I had twenty dollars in my pocket, and I knew my bill was going to be right around twenty dollars. I was about 10 seconds away from putting the 20 on the register and just walking out. Yeah. Yeah. You oh know, God, uh, they my gas. Yeah. You should have just got the free meal after that. Cause they probably got more worth of gas out of your truck than they, we paid for the entire meal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's not over with me, me and Mr. Gas Stealer. Okay. I forgot about like, that. Oh, man. I want I want I want Derek Wolf and now 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 it's just a little too conspicuous that tournament and I think he was in it was that night yeah, in Grand Rapids so do we have to have a gas pole on a pole match a gas can on a pole match a gas can on the pole match between you and Derek Wolf and me and the referee yeah if I win you get your gas back and if he wins he gets the gas he he gets a double dutch. He gets, he gets gas again. He gets gas again. He gets the Dutch door action then. Screws you and screws me. Oh, suddenly I don't want to be a part of this match. No, you're a part of this. Yeah, it was, your, it was your gas. It was your gas. You know, that's what's so great about uh, uh, professional wrestling in the life of an indie wrestler 
and, and somebody who's involved with shows. Just every every time you go on the road, there's a story. Yeah. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna go on Derek Crow's Facebook later, and I'm gonna be or Derek Wolf's and be like, um, so after our show we went to in Coloma, we ended up at Grand Rapids at Denny's at 11 p.m. and uh, somebody siphoned Chris Young's gas, and all of a sudden I find out you're in Grand Rapids the same night. Hmm. Oh man. Hmm. I can't believe we're talking. All right, we got to move on from this. We already got a jam-packed show with all of our interviews from GLWA. Let's move on to some local stuff. Well, can we? Yeah, I'm going to have to call Denny's local security later. All right, so uh, onward to the national re- or the local review. Yeah, no nationals in this one. We're doing locals. Just <sighs> onward. Yeah, onward to local reviews. And we're going to start with a familiar company because it's the first one on my list. GLWA's 30th Day Night Vendetta, episode 28. Uh, This featured Mickey Matthews on commentary. Um, And as I mentioned earlier, the lighting was uh, different in this this episode. It was very bright. The hard cam was very shiny on the wrestlers. Um, Other than that... um, out came downtown Felix for his debut, and he was taking on none other than Jaden Quick. Um, this this looked like it had a pretty decent fitting. I figured these guys would have a good match together, and I was right. Um, this match started out with a waist lock reversed by Felix, and it was a nice start. Uh, they ended up going back and forth for a second, and Quick landed a nice leaping neck buster from the second rope. Uh, Jaden then took the offense until DTF manages to have his manager trip him, and then DTF starts on quick. Felix gets the advantage, and uh, Jaden couldn't mount a comeback as Felix is grinding down on quick. Yeah, I had some good notes on this one. Felix (laughs) distracts the ref so Lexi could rake the eyes of Jaden quick. Uh, He gets back at it uh, with a second rope rolling European uppercut, but he got cut off by Felix. Uh, and continues the grind on Jaden Quick. Um, he got him in an ankle lock. Quick gets to the ropes, but another distraction by Lexi, uh, by by Felix causes Lexi to rake the eyes, and Jaden spits in his hand and hits a shote, which is pretty much a palm strike, overhand palm strike, but it, they call it a shote for the two count. Um, at that point, Felix attempts to get him on his shoulders to uh, apply, I'm not sure, like an AA, but Quick continues, or Quick counters and hits the Quick shot for a 1-2-3. Um, I thought that overall this was a pretty good match. It was it was entertaining. Yeah, it was a good match. Um, you know, I think uh, the downtown Felix that we got on this show versus what we got live at, at the collision, I think those are actually like two different styles of wrestling. So yeah. I was impressed. Yeah, and, and I wrote, it's a solid match and a great debut for DTF. This match was an underdog-like story, outlasting the grind of Felix uh, and help from Lexi as well for Felix trying to get the win. Um, this also helps Quick build momentum for Quick's cash-in for his title match in the future. They're definitely building Quick for that. Yeah. Then we see yep. a player one, Derek Crow, taking on the Phoenix Daniel Stark. 
The crowd immediately started chanting USA. At that point, Derek Crow <laughs> had to remind them that he's from America, too. I thought that was pretty funny. This match yeah. started on. Oh, go ahead. I, I no, thought it was no, funny. I, no, I was just agreeing with you. He's like, uh, by the way, I'm from the United States. I was like, oh, that's great. Derek Crow's awesome. Uh, this had some nice chain wrestling to start the show off. Um, I thought that it, it, up until the point where that arm drag or hip toss was in and literally put player one like directly on his shoulder and face. Um, it was a very flat landed arm drag. Do you, did you see that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That whole combination, there was a leapfrog into an arm drag. Yeah. Followed it up a little was off by a hip toss. It was rough. It was a rough go around. Um, and Derek Crow was the one who took the blunt of that. I was wondering if he was a little hurt from that because he kind of he kind of tried to shake it off for a second. Um, at that point, Stark took the offense. Uh, Crow tried to call a timeout, which gave him just enough time and caused just enough huge, uh, confusion for him to get an eye gouge in. Uh, then Crow starts with the technical grind on Stark. Uh, nice knees to the spine to set up the chin lock by Derek Crow. Um, this is what I mean when I'm talking about Crow when he gets it, uh, especially when you hear the interview later. Um, he knows to apply a chin lock to get his hands around someone's neck and face. You're going to have to apply some damage somewhere to distract the person before you go for the chin lock. A lot of guys will just jump in and grab the chin lock, and it looks very unprofessional. It looks off when somebody just goes in for the chin lock without setting it up. So uh, I had to give props to Derek Crow on that. Um, there were some nice chops involved by Crow. Uh, several attempts to turn the tide by Stark, only to have Crow be two steps ahead of him for a minute in this match until Stark reversed into a triangle, which was actually kind of a nice little transition. Crow did manage to get to the ropes and tried to set up for the game over, but is cut off by Stark, and he delivers a huge knee strike to the back of the head for the one, two, three. Stark gets the win. I think there was a couple of rough spots in this match, but they Crow and company managed to work out of it very well. Um, I think this was just another good player one match. Yeah, he, uh, he uh, Derek Crow was trying. Him, but wasn't be wasn't successful. He lost a wrestling match to Stark, who kind of I don't want to say out wrestled him, but wrestled him differently than what Crow wanted. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I I definitely thought that uh, it told a pretty decent story. Um, and and now that leads to uh, the first loss that Derek Crow has seen uh, in GLWA. So that is something it'll tell a story uh, as well from our review of GLWA collision where he received his second loss. So now he's in the hole. And I think that that's going to play into factors when we see him on uh, vendetta again or at the next main show. Yep. Then we had the main event of the night, which was the round one vendetta tournament, Dustin Mack, Versus Kenzie Black. And you know how I feel about intergender matches. Um, yep. I don't feel. Yeah. Um, Mac immediately tossed her away. And then he did it a second time in the lockup. And then Kenzie comes back with two arm drags, a drop kick, and a nice tilt to whirl head scissors. Uh, 
tries a tope, but she eats an elbow. I thought that was a nice ad to get cut off from the tope for once. I don't, you don't see a lot of people get cut off on the tope. Um, Stark talks mad smack after making black eat the fuck, eat the post outside. Kenzie mounts a comeback, goes for a sunset, gets two into several pin combinations for both Kenzie and Mac. Nice step up knee by Kenzie Black. Then there was a catapult into a jumping stunner for the pin, which gives Kenzie Black the win. Um, what I can say about this match is it was it was decent for an intergender match. Um, it's another underdog story here, but it had to be told for this match to work, I feel like. Uh, that did leave two underdog stories uh, on this show, but at least they weren't like back-to-back. They didn't have the same finish either, so. Yeah, I mean it was it was a short match, four minutes long. Uh, Dustin Mack basically was very dominant during this match, and Kenzie was able to basically score a surprise victory. But you know, I think um, when she was she was able to capitalize when it was when she found her opportunity. Yes, this like I said, this was an underdog story, but different. It wasn't identical to the other one, so it doesn't make it like too uh, blendable with the first one. Um, it's okay at this point with these two having comeback stories because the underdog stories were told differently. Like in this one, it was more of the fact that Kenzie Black's opponent underestimated her, and she took advantage of that. Um, to where in the first match it was more of it, it was more of a, a, a comeback uh, of a grind. So um, yeah, definitely two different underdog stories, and it worked well. I, I think it was a pretty decent match for a main event. It was quick, but it needed to be quick, and um, they got some decent spots in this match, and it worked pretty well. And it did tell a story. So overall, um, this is the second time that GLWA has impressed me in an intergender match. Yeah, I mean. The one thing that I, I, I was a little miffed about, I guess, is the fact that this episode didn't do anything to influence the collision event that, that was happening after this. I'm not sure yeah. what why that was, but, I mean, as a standalone show, it was good. It was. It was. Um, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought that uh, Vendetta definitely does some very good job of showcasing things. So. Yep. Well, that was Thursday Night Vendetta. I want to take just a second and give a shout out to our newest sponsor, Lawn Doctor of Grand Rapids. If you live in the West Michigan area and are looking for a premier lawn care service, look no further than Lawn Doctor of Grand Rapids at 616-281-7109 or on Facebook at facebook.com slash lawndoctorgr. Whether it's a basic lawn care program to keep the weeds out of your yard or something a little bit more advanced like a aeration or power seeding to bring in those bare spots with nice thick lawn. Give Lawn Doctor of Grand Rapids a call at 616-281-7109. And it's just not lawns that they service. If you have a mosquito problem, they have a yard armor program to keep the mosquitoes at bay. So when you are out enjoying that fire, the mosquitoes stay away. 
Do you have a problem with pests getting into your home? They have a perimeter pest program to ensure that those critters stay outside while you are inside. That's Lawn Doctor of Grand Rapids at 616-281-7109 or on Facebook.com slash Lawn Doctor GR. With Lawn Doctor of Grand Rapids, you take care of the mowing and they will take care of the rest. Well, Jones, it's time for City Championship Wrestling. Hello. Did I lose you, Chris? <laughs> you disappeared like Bowser now? <laughs> Sorry. I had to refill my coffee, something I didn't get last City... night. Denny's. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> City Championship Wrestling uh, starts out with Paul Jones by himself kicking off the show. He says we're going to take off and view a message sent by Jason DeMilo in his Puerto Rican hideaway. And he was actually in Puerto Rico. Yeah. He was I, actually I in Puerto. Did you see the Puerto Rican flags? I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't in Puerto Rico. I just. He was in freaking yeah. Puerto Rico. Yeah. That was, that was amazing. Yeah. I figured they're going to show him in some apartment somewhere we'll get to that later but yeah no it was it was it was it was amazing i guess we'll get up that later i i'm so curious now anyways a uh so jason demiler talks about paul bowser and says paul wants another match he's beat him he's beat him so many times fine a no hold barred match fine but after he beats paul bowser Paul Bowser will never get another shot at him again. Yes. Yep. That's that's a, that's exactly what he says. It's yeah. quite interesting. Yeah, so. my notes are on spot. Yep. So then Chris Moore is on, and he is going to reveal who cut Paragon's brake lines and almost ended his life and his career. And then Chris Moore's former tag partner, Lance Starr, will take on Ryan Mathias. And Ryan Mathias is talented, but he's going to teach Ryan Mathias lesson. And uh, that's this Friday. All but, right, you, you've lost me here. Because after the Jason DeMilo thing, we come back and we have an Andre Kabashi public workout. I got. I cut the well, and then from there, uh, Lance Starr cuts a promo from his apartment against Chris Moore. Yeah, you missed something. Yeah, you missed you missed stuff in your notes. So when you thought there was a commercial and you skipped through it, because I know that's what you did, you missed a Chris Moore promo. Chris Moore is said he's going to reveal who cut Paragon's break lines. And right, Chris yeah, Moore's no, former that. tag partner, Lance Starr, will take on Ryan Mathias. But that is this Friday. That was the whole promo. It was just like a quick video. Um, I just noted that that was there. Um, but to the ring then, where Kobashi requested time for a public workout. Kobashi is going to show Paul Jones what he's going to do to him on a guy that he brought in with a name that I cannot pronounce. 
Did you get the name? Yeah, his name was uh, Jones. Jones didn't even get the name. Darvis. Okay. And, so and, and 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 now that I think back, actually, I pulled up the video. Um, it's uh, Jones who tells us that, um, yeah, that that the brake lines that uh, Chris Moore is gonna tell us who cut the brake lines. Yeah, and then Chris Moore. Yeah, cuts there's no the promo there's, on no, Lance no, Star. No. There's no promo for Chris. Chris Moore doesn't cut a promo. There's, uh, I have it written down in the notes. I don't know why it's there then. That Chris Moore's former tag partner, Lance Storm, will take on Ryan Mathias. I mean, unless, That's I mean, there's Friday. always a chance where they re uploaded a different video from the chance you tie from the time you watched it to when I watched yeah, it. I, so I don't know. But, anyways, uh, so Kabashi starts uh attacking he tells he tells the the guy that i can't pronounce his name to go darvis. get ready for, darvis to get ready for this match and as he goes to walk away swift kicks him in the knee and took him out and then hit a knee bar to get him to tap real quick and he would not let him go to the point where new albania and company had to pull him off of his training partner and then he flipped out and talked about how that's what's going to happen to bowser as he was being dragged away from it, all angry. Yeah, Jones was pleading with the ref to do something. He and the ref couldn't get him to stop. Yeah, poor Jones had to do a lot in this in this uh, episode. Yeah, but now then we cut. We had the Lance Star. Star, yes, and he Come talks on. about Chris Moore, but more importantly, how he's been questioning himself and what else does he have to give anymore in wrestling. But he had his come to Jesus moment. Oh, he's seen Father Marquise. It's time to prove what he is, what he has said. Chris Moore and him are like brothers. He's a godfather to his children. But he understands business moves sometimes have to be made. But the way he handled it at this point, Lance Starr don't want to be around him. He wants nothing to do with him. Now he is on his ass. And he's going to make a point when they cross paths at the next big show. And he tells I, more that he should start running because he will be no more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, maybe you can sort this out. I was I was very confused. Lance Storrs taking on Ryan Mathias at, on June 3rd. And so yes. why is he cutting a promo on Chris Moore? Because at the next big event post of the third, he finally gets to take on Chris Moore because I can't remember if it's Chris Moore or Lance Starr has been off on. Oh, it's been Lance Starr has been off on injury. So his first match back, he's taking on uh, Ryan Mathias, and then he will be taking on uh, Chris Moore later on at an, at a show that they building for like the bigger payoff. Right. Ryan Mathias right. is just the build to the big. Yeah. Right. And, so, and, and Chris Moore knows who cut the brake lines and it's Lance yeah. store that got in the accident. Right. Yeah. Yep. With, with, yep. 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 With Paragon. Okay. So, okay. So cat daddy's back, Jack, and he's got to get the angst out. He is just geared up and ready to go. He drank a couple of Red Bulls. I don't know what was going on, um, but it don't matter. 
Because Jones, he's going to get his hands on him. But now, right now, he's got a guy, a trainee in the back that is going to take him on. Quentin Logan Jones? Yeah. Wait. Okay, so, is his right. name, so is his name Quentin Logan Jones? <laughs> or is it Quentin Logan? <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> I was like, so is, is this Quentin Logan Jones or is this just Quentin Logan Jones? Okay. Yeah. No, I, the commas are in there somewhere. I don't know where. All right. All right. I'm sorry. I, I got to revisit this because I just watched the video real quick. I am extremely confused. You're so taking notes as we're doing this live, aren't you? No, I'm not. Um, it's okay if you are. I don't care. Paragon's but... breaks were messed with. And yeah. Chris Moore knows who messed with Paragon's breaks. And on June 3rd, he's going to announce who messed with Paragon's breaks. Now, Lance Storm, Lance Starr is taking on Ryan Mathias. Lance Starr and Chris Moore used to be tight buddies, better than blood brothers. And they're going to be taking... Because Lance feels betrayed by Chris. So... Lance is cutting a promo on Chris because he doesn't like him anymore. They are going to cross paths in the future. To be, yes. But Lance is supposed to be wrestling Ryan. It doesn't have anything to say to Ryan. And furthermore, we've got no response from Paragon on any of this. So this is why I'm confused on what's going on. Yeah. And for, but... Okay, so now that we've got all that taken care of, and I'm still confused, the best line that Cat Daddy had was that he... he, he he said Jason DeMilo was in front of a green screen. But it was obvious he was not in front of a green screen. No, he was not. Um, but, yeah, so next we had Cat, Do- Cat Daddy versus Quentin Logan Jones. I mean, Quentin Logan. And Cat Daddy hit a pile driver, which he struggled to get, and got a one, two, three. He struggled. He didn't get him the first time. He had to pull back up, grab him by the pants, and come here. Ah, well, Quentin's not a small person. Neither is Cat Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so are those like double C or double D's? Stop. 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 Yeah, this was a five-second match. Oh, actually, it was longer than that. This was segment five. It was a 22-second match. And, yeah, 21 seconds was Cat Daddy trying to pick him up. And uh, Yeah, he, he screams was... that he's going to get his hands on DeMilo, but then DeMilo comes out from underneath the bottom of the ring and gets a rear naked choke and won't let go till Iglesias and Ultra come out. And Bowser was choked out and needs medical attention. Choked him out like his girlfriend last night. Or himself, the Batman costume in the closet. There you go. Um, All right. So next we had a Ryan Mathias promo. He said that Chris Moore spoke some truth about Ryan, talking about how talented he was. But he didn't like being told by Lance Starr that he was going to take him to school. Flip the page. Last couple of weeks while... Lance has been at home. He has been making people tap out. June 3rd, the same thing. Lance Starr will tap out. That was the right. Oh, he yeah. started out like punching one of those like MMA blocks. But Well, and that's what I was confused about. He started the promo ripping on Chris Moore. And I'm like, what the hell? 
I know. I don't know. Maybe they're I think it's just to show that he's involved in the whole mix at this point. I think that okay, so I think what you're missing here is you're not catching the beginning of the storyline. So a few weeks ago, Ryan Mathias changed his name to Ryan Mathias. Yeah, when he did Ryan that, I got when that. he yes. did that, I remember Chris Moore outside let talking me, about who cut the brakes. Let me let me get to this point. It's not about Paragon or Chris. That has nothing to do with them. It does, but it don't. So Ryan Mathias was speaking about how all of his friends turned their backs on him, and he has no friends in the company anymore. His friends were Lance and Chris. Does that make sense? So this is like all a like friendship group broken up. Matthias was was with Chris and 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 Lance as a, they were like a group and they all split up. So this that's how he's interjected into this angle. That's why he's talking about Chris and um Lance and what like he's in this whole mix. Just like so, the end of Stand by Me where everybody goes their own way. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. All right. Then, then we're told by Jones that Paul Bowser's in the back getting medical attention. And Darian Ultra and Emilio Iglesias come out. Uh-huh. Talking about last month with New Albania. Ultra apologized to Iglesias for chasing Kobashi and leaving him stranded to get double teamed. Um, but they've been grinding lately and, and working out working hard in this ring, and they're going to take Kobashi down, not only down but for good <clears throat> Jones asks Emilio if he believes it's going to work. And if he believes that they can make this work. And he said tonight they requested a match against new Albania, but yes, uh, he does believe that Darian ultra in him can work and that it's not a personal thing and that they they've worked it out and that things are going to be more positive moving forward. It's pretty much the gist of it from what I got. Yes, and Emilio's donning a mask now. So, yes, and then New Albania comes to the ring. Kabashi, or no, they come out to the the interview area. Kabashi brags for beating Bowser May eighth, and says Demilo will have no issue with Bowser because he only knows three moves, anyways. <laughs> then, yeah, that was that was what I have in my notes. Was there anything else that he had said in that interview? I think I started laughing too hard to continue writing anything. If you well, said anything. here's something that confuses me: Why is Kabashi ripping on Paul? He is uh, on on Cat Daddy. It has nothing to do with it. But then he does talk a little bit about the Milo and he hates he, he hates Bowser. They had their feud. He fought Bowser on the eighth of May. Yeah, and and, and then and then uh, I believe it was uh, Jay Abrams. I, I, I get confused in who Abrams and Stroud is, but one of them cuts a great promo. It was Trevor Stroud. About. Abrams doesn't talk. So Stroud, yeah, Stroud was the one that cut it. Go ahead. Well, yeah, no, I know one of them doesn't talk, but I don't, I don't yeah. remember. I cannot picture which one is which. So yeah, basically They're very he similar. Was... They're both big intimidating guys. Yeah. Stroud yeah. said that, uh, they put him down last time, and now they're standing in front of the mountain known as Jay Abrams and Trevor Stroud. And then he tries to talk to Jay Abrams, and Jay Abrams won't talk. 
Yep. So you now we're say? getting a match between Trevor Stroud, Jay Abrams taking on Darian Ultra and Emilio Iglesias. And yep. you've got some personal experience with Darian Ultra, right? No. <laughs> we thought so, but it was a guy that's the artist that looks identical. Um, so this match started out with Abrams and Ultra in the ring. They locked up, and Agram, Abrams worked Ultra into the corner. Uh, taunting Ultra and Abrams overpowered Ultra at this point. Um, he took Iglesias out of the corner and at that point cleared the ring. Celebrating in the ring was New Albania, Iglesias, and Ultra jump in the ring and attack New Albania in the corner. Shroud, now the legal man. Yeah, the legal man. Ultra takes over. Mimicking the moves that Abrams had just did in the match to Stroud. Then he tagged in Iglesias. Stroud takes over until the flying head scissors that was done by Iglesias was led to a tag to Damian Ultra. Stroud breaks up the double team, which I thought was a nice touch here when they came in. Iglesias and Ultra came to double team Stroud. Stroud actually cut off the double team. Um, that's one of those rarities that you don't see a lot anymore. Um, New Albania isolated Ultra using tags and double teams as Ultra attempted to get a tag, eventually getting a tag to Iglesias, but it is no match for Abrams. Uh, Stroud lets out, uh, gives a nice flying elbow, and at that point, Iglesias had tried to mount a comeback. He got a drop kick on both men. Ultra fires up, wants a tag, but Kabashi pulls Ultra off the ring apron, distracting Ultra as Ultra started to chase Kabashi while New Albania double teams and gets the win on Iglesias. Ultra runs back to the ring at the last second to attempt to stop the pin, but he was too late to get the stop and the pin was made 1-2-3. Post-match, they beat down Ultra and Iglesias, but it gets stopped by the refs. Yeah, it was a good match. Terrible finish. Yep. I think so, too. But, I mean, at the same time, the finish was trying to show that Kabashi is going to keep distracting Ultra, which could lead to some more dissension between those two as a tag team, possibly. Yeah, okay. Uh, And let me clarify. Uh, It was a good match. The story made sense, even with the finish. I didn't care for the fact that there was this loss of control at the end. I that's think what that's I mean what I think that's what they're building for Ultra and Iglesias to overcome at the end of this storyline. But, but I mean, like literally that last fifteen seconds. No, I, I know, of, of I know the, the three count. I know. So yeah, but uh, um, very similar, or not very similar. Um, in contrast to GLWA, they um, city championship. These storylines played into what was happening at their event on on June third. So, hundred um, percent, good, good job setting it up, and it was a pretty good go home show. I thought it was a pretty good go home show. It was really entertaining. Um, it was really entertaining. Uh, CCW has a pretty entertaining product. I know that we give cat daddies from shit sometimes, Jones, but I mean. It's all good. It's all good fun. I don't think that he he listens would take it personally. He'd probably laugh and be like, "That's great, that's great." It's just a it's just a rib. We like good guys like Cat Daddy. I, I like Cat Daddy. Don't get me wrong. 
I only pick on guys I like, like Jimmy Shawlin, so I must like Paul Bowser. So that's right, Jones. So that was City Championship Wrestling. And now it's time for the Great Lakes Professional Wrestling Showcase, Episode Ninety Nine: Team Honey Badger versus War Inc. All right, fans. Don't miss your opportunity to see Capital Pro Wrestling at the Fledge. Love his voice. His announcer voice is tight. So this starts out with DJ Dangler inviting Mike Marvel to come out. And to my shock, Mike Marvel gets booed as he comes out by like half the crowd. Um, And even Dangler noticed it and said, what's up with getting booed? He said the soon-to-be champs getting booed? It doesn't matter because they will win the Great Lakes Invitational Tournament and win the Tag Team Championships. But tonight, he's in singles action. And, uh, you know, he's like, doesn't think it's going to be any different than wrestling in a tag match. And uh, he gets in the ring and gets ready to face his opponent. His opponent is none other than Nasty Nick Zero. Yes. And Nasty Nick Zero makes his way out to the ring. And they get ready to start the match. And instead of tying up, Nick cuts off the lockup and starts off on the offensive. Nick seemed to be a step ahead at the beginning of this match until Mike Marvel went on a tear. And at at a certain point, Zero was smart, and he got outside. He was done with that. Um, Mike tries to jump outside, but kind of slammed into the edge of the ring. It he got stopped by zero at that point. I think this was probably maybe the only myth of the of the match. I don't really know what happened there. If he tripped on the rope or what happened, I don't remember. But um, they made it. They made it work. They they made it work. Like he took damage on the edge of the ring, um, and, and then uh, at that point, zero took over uh, working the knee of Mike Marvel until Mike Marvel took over with a nice set of offensive maneuvers and a big cross body from the top. At that point, Danny Astro distracted Chris Young. And at that point, Zero rolled up Mike Marvel for a distracted Mike Marvel to get the three count. Um, I think that this could have been done without the distraction. I think he could have argued with you or whatever, but I mean, the distraction works too because it just focuses that Mike Marvel wasn't paying attention and Nick Zero scooped in and took advantage of that. Yeah, Nick's a, a, a good wrestler and he takes advantages of the opportunities put in front of him and you can never trust when uh, Danny Astro is on the outside of the ring. So, and go ahead. Post-match, uh, you had to actually keep Mike Marvel from going after uh, the nasty asteroids uh, and kind of push him back to the curtain. And I definitely noticed that um, Nick zero said, they're going to break the bracket of the tag tourney. Cause they haven't had a win yet. Yeah. Yeah. What's the difference between a schoolboy and a roll up? I, I mean, I honestly don't know. I, I've, I've, I've put that question out to many people, and most of the time they always say, oh, it's the same thing. And no, it's... Be a difference, right? The difference is the positioning of how you apply the roll-up. One is straight on the side, and the other one's more of like a sunset flip type of roll-up. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? 
Well, there's an O'Connell role in there too. That's more of a sunset flip. Yes, but there's a variation between the two, and that's that's the that's the schoolboy. Well, no, the schoolboy comes your... in from the side. Yep. So I don't know. You got the schoolboy from the side, and then the the other one is a little more. I'll have to, I'll I'll pull up a video to show you the difference. It's hard to explain. It's just a subtle difference. It's just a subtle difference. That's all it is. It's the same exact difference between the uh, small package and the backwoods by Xavier Woods. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kind of, I guess. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, Nick Zero's promo or interview was short and sweet. He's been having some really good promos as of late, I can say, though. Mm, as long as he doesn't go on too long. But then we had another interview time. It was uh, the Grey Wolves that came out, um, which we've only seen Jarius as of late. So they were glad. DJ uh, Dangler said that he was glad to see Jimmy back. And Jarius says it's okay because last time he was here, he lost uh, the match for us in the tag team. So he said tonight in singles, uh, Jimmy said tonight they're going to be in singles. And he's facing Jason Blazin and Jarius has malice. And Jarius asks Jimmy to trade. Jimmy says, no. He goes, oh, come on, but you're good at fighting the big man. He says, no, I think I'm good with who I've got. Um, the, crowd's, the crowd starts chanting turn, so Jerry's grace started rotating, so he was turning. Um, and at that point, uh, the interview started coming to a close, and as they walked away, Jerry's grace said, hopefully we don't die tonight because he's facing malice. This uh, on this set of tapings, uh, which will be on the next episode. Yeah, this is the same crap we talk about every time we talk Capital Pro Wrestling. Um, there's no continuity thing here, you know. Um, we find out who Jason Blazin's going to be wrestling in three weeks, and it's supposed to be a secret. They keep saying later today versus next week or something yeah whatever i'm over it this last time i'm gonna talk about it it's annoying. that's all right because i make i'm i make jerry's great eat a pole it's great i'm not sure what that's supposed to reference so we're gonna move on from that you'll see on the great lakes professional showcase episode 102 or no 103 when jason blazon takes on jimmy gray You'll see it. He ate a post. Anyways, are you still there, Jones? I am. Now it's time for the main event. You keep disappearing, so I have to make sure you're actually I, there. I, I, I have, sometimes I disappear. This time I was just staying silent because if I, if I start <clears> talking, <throat> I'm going to go off. So I don't want to go off. We're, wow. already, we're, already, we're already 20 minutes lean because of the Denny's story. So I don't care about that. It's fine. <laughs> So lean. Oh, 20 minutes this over. is the main event, which was War Inc. taking on Team Honey Badger, but a different variation of what we normally see in Team Honey Badger here. Cannonball was teamed up with uh Conrad Lukes. Laux. Conrad Lukes. Lukes, yeah. Which Cannonball has been with him for a minute, but we haven't really seen him a lot. Correct. Yep. So they're taking on War Inc. in this match, and this was a pretty entertaining match. I didn't take a lot of notes on this one because I enjoy watching War Inc. So 
Um, I thought that this was this this match was uh, pretty entertaining. I was pretty impressed by Cannonball's work here. Um, for his size, he did some pretty impressive stuff in the ring. Yeah, and we're not seeing um, CJ Achin because um, I think he's still a little hurt from last week when he took on Shogun. And then, uh, you know, I'd sit out too after that big battle. Yeah, but that's going to bring up some touchy stuff with me um, on the simple fact that he's the television champion, but he's not on television this month. So, you know, um, there's that. Yeah, but we don't know that yet on television land. So, but you're right. You know, I'm just saying television champion should at least be on your television show pretty frequently. Uh, other than that, that's just my little gruff with it. Yeah, but he's going to be, he's going to be at the next taping. So yeah, he's wrestling, uh, the guy that beat me. So yeah, uh, this was an entertaining match. I thought it was done very well. Uh, Warwick came up with the victory on this one. Um, which advances them to the finals of the Great Lakes Professional Wrestling Invitational Tag Team Tournament. That sounds about right. I think I think I was right there. I... No, you weren't, but we'll let it go. Uh, we'll it's let the it go. Great yeah. Lakes Tag Team Championship. Okay. There's sure. no Invitational. There's no Battle Royal. It's just Great Lakes Tag Team Championship. <laughs> <laughs> I slaughtered it. I'm sorry. But yes, Warrink advances. Um, cuts a promo about going to the bar for shots. Yeah, that's bar for shots, not barber shop. Yeah, bar for shots. And uh, yeah, overall, I think this was a, a pretty good lead show. Um, there was a different ring that definitely complemented the venue better than the last one. And I think that the show uh, was professionally done pretty well uh, as far as like the production wise yeah no it was a it was a good entertaining show cpw yeah. always puts out a, a pretty good show i'm not sure why the mic wasn't working with dj dangler but that's uh it's a technical yeah. issue yeah it happens it does but that was great lakes championship wrestling yeah, now on to UCW, which is a no, show. That's not right. That was not. That's not the right show. What the hell is it called? What is that? Was that? Is that what it's called? Great Lakes Professional. Great Lakes Professional Great Lakes Wrestling, Wrestling, Wrestling Showcase. Wrestling Showcase. There yeah, go. yeah. That's exactly what it. That's exactly what it is. I, so. I get everything set up at the beginning when we start talking, and then I click so many times that I, I lose it. So. Let's finish off the show with UCW. Yeah, UCW Star Slam Season 2, Episode 8. Um, you know, here's the thing. I, I always have enjoyed UCW show, but I feel like this one was a filler, guys. Like, they... I, I don't know. This was, There wasn't really any wrestling on this show. Yeah, this this... They did a lot of other stuff on this episode and um i don't think it worked it was it was heavy on the entertainment. no i i don't either in like it, like and i'm not trying to be too overcritical but like this was supposed to be labeled uh dreaming of the west coast and there was some west coast stuff in there but 
like Nate Bach was supposed to be booking all the matches and doing all the stuff. Well, he I guess he forgot to book matches because he was too concentrated on the West Coast parking lot party. Because, um, yeah, there really wasn't a lot going on here as far as uh, wrestling. It was entertaining. There were some good spots here, but um, the show starts off with a 10 bell for uh, David Earl Kirsten Sr. Um, obviously, he was somebody important to the company. And, uh, you know, we're sorry for your guys' loss. Um, then the show starts with Mark Roberts in the ring. The arena has been transformed to the West Coast, bringing out host Nate Bach. Uh, Nate Brock brings some friends with him, repping Nate Bach shirts. Says he's coming after Flame because Flame put Big Flex in the burn unit because of him because I guess he lit him on fire. I don't know where this was. It must have been one of their big shows that we didn't get to see. Yes. I don't know either, but at least they're giving us the story and why everybody's upset with each other. So Nate Bach says he has a video and it's his show. And he's the wild card from the West Coast, and no one's going to do anything about it. So play the video. So the video starts to play, and it's like a West Coast rendition intro to the show, but it it gets cut, and it shows Zach Thomas, and he says, "Yeah, I'm from the West Coast too, so I think I'm going to put this video out." And he's got a shirt on saying "From Cleveland," um, and the video starts, and it's literally like playing the uh, Cleveland Rock song for like the intro on Drew Carey. Yeah, they and does the that logo. yeah. Yeah, like they just did like a mock Drew Carey and they showed a bunch of the, their intro. Um, then it can't, cuts back to Dante and Mark. Um, Mark asks Dante, what's next? And he says, after years of get-rich-quick schemes, he has found a venture that's quick and will make him rich. Okay. Uh, don't know. We'll find out later. Uh, then it cuts to a video, another video. Shocker, That's you're going to hear that a lot with the circus members and they're all out back uh, and cannonball is in this box and they're calling it the blast zone flame says uh, he's going to shoot at least 250 yards and cannonball standing in the box is handed a can of gas and they shove a bundle of TNT in his mouth and shut the box as he ducks down into the box and they run for shelter. And as they're having a conversation, it blows up and they cut to a video that looks like an atom bomb went off and the loser belt goes flying by their feet and they pick up the loser belt and flame says Excelsior. At that point, we cut back to Mark and Dante. Um, I don't know what the hell this was trying to do, but it was kind of funny, but I, 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 I don't know. So did they kill Cannonball or did he just go flying somewhere? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, they they um they had to write off Cannonball because he's going through some personal stuff right now, so he's off the show. Oh, okay. So that's what it is. Then Dante, uh Mark Roberts asked Dante, or Dante asked Mark Roberts, you know, this how much is this gonna cost me? Mark tells him about sixty-five thousand. And he grumbles. At that point, we cut to a match. If you can call this a match, it was a blindfold match booked by Nate Bach. Father Marquise versus Zach Thomas with Dread King Logan. I haven't been a fan of a blindfold match since me and Chris Young used to do them in his basement. That was more of a lights-out match than a blindfold match, but it had the same point. 
Yeah, we had blindfolds on, but we had to turn off the lights to keep the integrity because we always knew people cheated. AKA yeah, and me. you could not see in your basement. It was pitch freaking black. And they were hilarious matches. I don't care. But you couldn't see them. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, no, I, as a spectator, it was it was dark. But, um, you know, I'm still going to call it. Uh, it was interesting at the least. Both men struggle to find each other. Logan is directing Thomas where to go. Uh, he almost gets a hold of him, and Father Marquise says, Jesus, take the wheel. Marquise dove and missed missed Thomas altogether. Like, he just kind of landed over by him. And at that point, Father Marquise ran into the corner where luckily Zach Thomas was standing, and uh, Logan tells him he's coming, so he pulls an elbow up. Um they scramble for they, they they tussle for a second and then both men get lost again. Thomas clubs Marquise in the back, then they get lost again. Then they meet in the middle of the ring and Marquise unloads on Thomas. And Marquise loads up and throws a punch, but he misses and hit the mat. At that point, Marquise opens up his mask and sneaks a peek. So Marquise starts cheating, which I just did not understand. And we'll talk about that at the end of the match. But at that point, he throws holy water, and he's trying to hit Thomas, but he hits the ref in the face. Then Marquise pretty much pulls his hood up to the top of his head, hits a huge insiguri, gets a pin. It's a close two count. Marquise pulls his mask back down. Thomas reverses Marquise into a huge backbreaker. One, two, three. So I don't understand why it makes sense at this point to have your face, Father Marquise, breaking rules left and right only to lose the match. Yeah, you know, I, I actually enjoyed this match. I thought it was fun. Um, I thought it but, was fun too, but I think they might have really been blindfolded. But the issue here is, yeah, is Father Marquise supposed to be a tweener? Is he a babyface? Yeah. heel? I don't know, but we'll find out. He's going to be a guest on our show upcoming um, we'll ask him about it. And if you've got any questions for Father Marquise, feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Official Wrestling Bites, and yeah. uh, ask. It's not being overcritical. I just, you know, if you're a straight face, I, I just don't understand why you would allow yourself to cheat to win and then still lose. Like, it kind of loses the effectiveness. So, um, I don't know. Well, I'll ask him about it when we, I mean, we talk maybe, to him. Maybe it's one of those things where uh, he cheated and karma... Or if you believe, yeah, maybe that's what like he's that. gonna promo it out like. I don't know. Yeah. Then we cut to the Dragon Slayer Dojo for a Save by the Bell spinoff. They're using Save by the Bell audio and pumping in laughter, and Ray Larson is playing Jenga with Saint Judifer. Um, and she's talking about the Covenant, and he's like, "They've never done nothing wrong to me." And she goes, "And this is this made." No sense. I'm going to go over this a couple times and see if you can spot where the flaw is here, Chris. Well, Ray Larson says, I want to stop the covenant because, A, they're always beating people up. Two, they're always getting in people's business. And D, she hasn't been able to find black eyeliner in weeks. A to D? (laughs) Yeah, no, I caught that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, St. Judifer feels a chill. There stands Nikki Ratu and a member of the Covenant. Nikki says, the smell of fakeness is in this room is disgusting. 
Ray Thomas says, there's that black eyeliner that I couldn't find for several weeks with the fake audience laughter. (laughs) No one could stop the covenant, not even Nick Green. St. Judifer says, stop looking at my cards. More pumped in laughter. High guy walks in looking like Zach Morris because he's Zach Gale. Um, And they are asking about the covenant. And he said, what are they doing now? Harassing people outside the hot topic. Another laughter fake pumped in. Uh, He grabs his Zach Morris lookalike phone and says he's calling Nick Green. At that point, we cut to, I'm not even going to, do you want anything to say about that promo? I'm not, we know Nick Green's in the bathroom. I'm not exactly sure what he's doing. Well, that, that comes up. That comes up later on. You're, you're, you're jumping ahead. Then there was a promo. There was a promo. Yeah, yeah, you are. There was a promo for UCW Wrestling School by uh, featured by Rohit Raju, which uh, is a phenomenal wrestler. That's probably a pretty decent school out there. Um, I thought it was a pretty nice little promo. Then we seen out back for the West Coast party. There's like five guys standing out there, and two of them are his lackeys from earlier. And he tells his lackeys to go get Zach and Logan because he's going to make things interesting tonight. Then we cut back to the Dragon Layers Dojo, where Nick Green's on the toilet telling them that he's busy. At that point, High Guy has a plan, and High uh, High Guy has a plan, but St. Judifer really isn't interested in it. He wants to keep playing Uno, and Ray Larson is down. He calls a timeout, and magically they appear in the ring with... uh, Nikki Ratu and a member of the Covenant. Nick Green is magically the referee, whisked away from the toilet. And they start the match, and Nick Green ends up double clotheslining the Covenant. And it ends up just kind of being a very fast match, resulting with High Guy and Ray getting the win. And they did a celebratory stop like Saved by the Bell. Um, yeah, I don't know what the hell the purpose of this was. Yeah, this was uh, probably done at 3 in the morning after some alcoholic beverages and maybe some other substances were done. This is the point when you shouldn't fucking let High Guy produce your segment at 3 in the morning. High. Oh, the, the best part is when... Uh, when I'm High kidding. Guy, I don't know who did it. When High Guy called <laughs> called Nick Green <laughs> and he picked up the phone and he goes, Oh, hi, Guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So at that point, we see the lackeys of Nate Bach speaking in a hallway about how they're going to get Dread King Logan and Thomas drunk so they can beat the shit out of him. But Logan mischievously has plans of his own. And with an intense laughter, he's like, they're going to they're going to pay for this. And he's all amped up. And Thomas just looks at him and he's like, why are you so serious? And Logan just looked at him and said, it's what I do. I like that little promo. It was pretty good. So troubles afoot for the West Coast party. Um, then we cut to another segment with Tiger, which didn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, next, we see Ray Larson in a car with Tiger, and they're stopping to get coffee. Tiger doesn't speak. Tiger doesn't speak English. She asks him what he wants, and he says Tiger, Tiger, and then she orders for him because the the registered clerk doesn't understand him. 
and then there was a trivia thing on the sideboard asking about what animal can rotate its neck 200 and whatever 90 degrees and he was like tiger and then not tiger and like it's not tiger she goes i think it's an owl and then that was the end of the that was the end of the segment it showed him drinking some big b coffee made no sense tiger. then we go to bry sullivan sitting in some chairs with his belt and along comes roy williams and tells him Bry, June 4th, he's coming for him, and he's taking that belt with him. He's taking it home. There ain't nothing that Bry's going to do about it because this is what's going to happen, basically. And that was that promo. Then we cut back to Dave Box block party with, like, the same five or six guys standing around, but now it's dark. And the door just outside of where they're standing, somebody starts doing the shave and the haircut knock. And they all freak out, thinking it's Logan and Thomas. So Bach jumps, grabs a Slim Jim conveniently in his pocket, injects somebody's truck, hot wires it real quick, and his lackeys jump in the back and he takes off. But in all reality, it wasn't Logan. It was somebody else uh, that wanted to just party with him. And that was the end of the show. Um, yeah, I, I love UCW as of late, but this one I feel like was just, a, it had to have just been a filler. Yeah, it was a miss. It was definitely, um, just something that they put out for content. So, yeah, this is a rare miss for UCW to be honest. Yeah. And the one match, the blindfold match, like I said, I enjoyed that. I mean, it was, yeah, I enjoyed fun. it too. It was a fun match, but it was the only thing that was really featured besides that quick ass save by the bell match so you know yeah yeah waiting for you to do your little thingy oh well that was star slam All right, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that is about all we've got tonight. But before we go, I just wanted to take a couple minutes to thank all of our new listeners in the past couple of weeks. I appreciate everybody's feedback and uh, everybody checking out the show. I wanted to thank um, Aston Williams for uh, sharing so much of our content to people over on the East Coast. As well, I wanted to thank our sponsors, Long Garden and Pad of Pocket. Um, as well as uh, very soon in the future, we've got some other stuff coming up that we're going to announce as well. Um, and, you know, I just wanted to thank all of you, our listeners. Yeah, thank you guys every th- for everything that you do to support the show. Um, that's Lawn Doctor of Grand Rapids and Padded Pocket. And, um, yeah, thank you again for everything. And, Pun, appreciate you hanging out with me this weekend, watching a little GLWA action. And taking some time tonight to talk wrestling, always a great opportunity. Yeah, so, uh, it's it's always a great time uh, to talk to you about wrestling. And I had a blast doing the, the color commentary. And, um, you know, uh, we will see you out at the next indie show we go to. Yeah, it'll be fun. So until next time, everyone, <laughs> please keep it between the ropes. And ladies and gentlemen, you ain't got to go home, but you can't stay here. Closing the shop up for the night. Uh, And you guys have a wonderful night. And take care, and we will see you again next time on the Wrestling Bites Podcast.